Hello, hello to all of my wonderful listeners. Um, I've just been sitting here in my house listening to a whole bunch of my favourite podcasts and I realised that I'm an absolute, absolute sellout because I owe you guys one. Um, So what I wanted to do today for this episode is kind of like an Agony Aunt segment. I can't think of a name for it, um, so maybe you guys can help me out with a good name for, you know, kind of reading out you guys' stories, your messages, your embarrassing scenarios or questions, dilemmas, things that you want me to address or discuss on here. So if you think of a good name, hit me up, let me know. I would love to hear. And yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay, I'm going to pull up my first message, dun, 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 which is Oh, that's a really heavy one. No, I'm not going to start with that. Oh, the first one. (laughs) Someone wrote, what the flip is an agony aunt? Okay, so an agony aunt, I don't know if I'm showing my age here by saying that I like read magazines and stuff because I know everything's online. Um, But an agony aunt is that person you write into with a question. Let's say, um, my friend stopped talking to me and I don't know why, what should I do? That kind of thing. And then the person that you write it to either responds to it in a column or in a magazine or in an article or in a podcast or on the radio and they reply to it. So you kind of can take their advice or you can not, obviously it's your choice, Um, but you kind of get like the person's perspective that you're asking. So that is what the flip and agony on is. Um, I didn't know that wasn't something that people knew. Is that, is that not? I don't know. Okay, the next one. Ooh, this is interesting. Is the best way of learning about pregnancy through books, talking to a Robertson, or family? They don't really teach about it in school or SEM. That's really interesting. Um, I mean, I guess, what do you want to know about pregnancy? I think the sort of baseline things, I feel like, especially in the Jewish from community where there, there are so many babies, and Baruch Hashem, if it's not your family, it's, you know, your cousins or your neighbours or or siblings, or someone, you know, having babies, it's definitely, you know, the the average stuff I would think is really accessible just from your surroundings. But if you wanted to know more, I mean, medically, I would definitely say, you know, research it from a medical perspective. I really, really don't agree with, you know, asking everyone for their horror stories, because everyone's got something to say, rightfully so, you know, everyone has their own experience of pregnancy and are usually very happy to share because I think most women have like trauma. Um, No, not to say that all pregnancy is traumatic at all. Um, Most of the time it's really, really beautiful and problem free. But there's there's definitely a lot of stories out there and people want to share. But I would I would say if you're looking from like a medical perspective, go down that route, go down that avenue, call a doctor, call a midwife, um, call a GP, or if you've got a friend that's a midwife, or you know someone that's in that kind of medical field, I would say definitely seek out their advice or guidance. If you've got the internet, obviously you can Google it, um, and take all of that with a pinch of salt as well, because obviously everything on Google is like magnified 10 hundred times. I mean, the amount of times that I have 
diagnosed myself with who knows what because of Google. Um, my husband's actually banned me from it, not literally. Um, but he's like, yeah, stop it, Judy. You just freak yourself out, um, which I do, which I do. Um, but yeah, I would say if you want medical, go down a medical route in terms of who you're asking. Um, and then if you want like general interpersonal stories, then your friends or your mum or your aunties or older friends you might have. I think schools and SEMs and things have a very, this is just my, completely my opinion, my perspective, is that schools and SEMs have a very, very vanilla, you know, way of teaching everything in the sense of nothing is necessarily overly practical. Um, I think we learn a lot of theoretical things. I think we learn a lot of um, very baseline knowledge. And I think that applies across across the board, by the way. Like I was actually talking about this at a wedding with um, someone I was sitting next to. And I was saying that, you know, even in terms of Yomim Tovim and stuff, we only know, like I'm, a, I'm now 31. Hello, it was my birthday. Um, I'm a 31-year-old woman who has the same level of knowledge about Yomim Tovim as I did at 15, 16, or whenever it was that I finished learning. Um, we very rarely actually develop further from what we know unless you're actively seeking it out. And I think the same applies with kind of like worldly life lessons, whatever you learn in biology, what you learn in school, it's all very baseline. And it is really up to you to sort of go out there and find out more information. As a mother, I would say that I also think it's a mother's job to to give it over to their children at the age appropriate time. I think that's absolutely vital. Um, if someone doesn't have that relationship with their mother necessarily or their mother doesn't feel competent or able or wants to do it, then I think mothers should be guiding their, their daughters to appropriate sources to be getting information about such things as pregnancy and, and childbirth and all of these things because it is daunting and it is, you know, a big world, a big topic. So I hope that was helpful. I don't know if it was, but I think that would be routes to go down. Um, another one, do you know of good life coaches in Manchester? Ooh, um, I don't really know the difference majorly between like a life coach and a therapist. Is a coach, a life coach, someone that's more guiding you forward and a therapy is often looking back? Maybe that's the difference between them. I don't actually know. I should probably look into that a bit more. I don't offhand know of any specific ones um but again good old google um or like um what they called oh my gosh back in the day a shama shabbos book i don't even know if those are still around do people still have shama shabbos books that is so funny i don't know um i'm afraid i can't help you there i apologize i don't know of any um but maybe if someone does know they can reach out here and i can pass it on to the anonymous person that messaged me it. Sorry, I can't be more help. Um, okay, next message. Would love you to have someone on to speak about navigating life with a chronic invisible illness and the huge impact it has on life through school, dating, marriage and ability to be a mother. Wow, that's heavy. Um, I can definitely look into having someone on that has um, some first-hand knowledge or information about chronic illness um please reach out if you are someone that would be that would be really fascinating it's definitely a topic that 
I haven't heard about so much. Um, so definitely, if someone wants to reach out to me, I can definitely try my best to get them on. Thank you for that question. That's great. Um, okay, next one. This is really fun, by the way. Please send more in. I'm going to keep posting um, these like anonymous boxes. So please do post them in. Um, and or if I haven't posted one, you could just message me and I'll save it for our next my next one. Okay, so this one is cost of living crisis for sure is something that should be talked about more. Oh my goodness, yes, beyond. It is not normal what is going on at the moment. I'm not remotely political or like economical in that way. I actually I hate all of this stuff, so I don't know any of the scientific or the political background to it so if someone is more knowledgeable and wants to you know drop me a message then I can feed that back but all I know is like the day-to-day effects of it and it is insane um I actually did mention it I believe on one of my first podcast episodes about you know going shopping the food shop prices are like extortionate it's not normal like don't get me wrong, I know the kosher food is always more expensive, but the the Aldi shop, the Aldi and the, and the um, little shop has gone up as well. Oh my gosh, I sound so common. Ah, oh, the little shop's gone all way up. Well, I'm going to have to delete that. That's not politically correct. Sorry. Or maybe I'll keep it in. <laughs> Give me something to talk about. Um, but yes, it, it, everything has gone up and it's mental. And I have absolutely zero advice because... I'm really struggling with it in the sense of I love shopping. I love doing things and being able to do things. And I'm really noticing it. Like it's definitely, it's definitely affecting, you know, the day-to-day life. And again, I'm saying that as someone with Baruch Shem, a dual income household where we are not, um, you know, in a, in that situation where it's literally life and death, but I can so, so see how it would be getting to that point for so many people. And it's frightening, to be honest. It's really frightening. Um, oh, I'll just add funny. Just yesterday, actually, I was in the car with my kids um, and my six-year-old said to me, he's so cute, he says to me something along the lines of, right money is really important to have money so you can do things. And it's such a like boyish way of thinking about, you know, money and, and needing it and wanting it. And I said to him, I was like, do you know what money is good for having, you know, being able to do things, but it's not important, you know, it's not, it's not the focus. Um, and I really, I am very, very conscious of talking about money in front of kids. I think it's really important for children to be children and not to worry about adult things. Um, I think money is absolutely an adult concern and an adult worry. And I, oh my gosh, I, as if not that I'm a parenting expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I just cannot think that it's remotely healthy for a child to hear about finances um, or money worries or concerns or even money, you know, when it's going well. I just don't think children need to have that on their agenda or on their on their minds. But anyway, I put his mind at ease and I told him, you know, that money is, it's nice, but it's not important. And I think that's really, I was about to just say what I did reply to him and then I'm like, it sounds really preachy but it was just me parenting, but okay, I'll say it anyway, I'm not preaching this to anyone, it just happened to have been the thought that came to me when he said that, and I was like, that money isn't important, the only thing that's important is two things in life, which is being a good person and having a manna, Um, and I just told him that as long as 
you have a munna, that means that you believe that Hashem is going to give you the money that you need. And because you're a good person, you work hard and you hopefully get a job. You know, you believe Hashem, the munna is that you believe Hashem will give you, help you get a good job. Being a good person means that you try hard in your job. So hopefully you will have the money, you know, and that with those two things, I think those are the only important things that a person needs in their life. Um, and yeah, he seemed to take it on board. So that was good. <laughs> There you go. You were now in my car with me on the way to bowling. Um, and that was the message I gave my six-year-old. Okay, let's see another one. Ooh, who would be your dream guest for your podcast? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't have like a specific person because I don't think the person makes a difference to me. Um, I think I want someone with an amazing story who's also really easy to chat to and I can have a laugh with. I think that's my my criteria. That's my dream guest is someone with something really cool to say who is chilled and we vibe. <laughs> that's really, that's my criteria when it comes for dream guests. Um, okay, and let's do one more. Okay, this one sounds good. One second. Ooh, this is going to get me going. The extreme focus on looks, weight, appearance in the, from community and on kids too. And then in brackets, the amount spent on clothes, for example. Ooh, you got my fires going. Okay, um, it's mental. I, I think it's insane. I'm actually going to pause for a drink. One second. Brocha was made before I started. Um, okay, the focus on looks, weight, and appearance in the from community. Um, first things first is I want to just break it back a bit and say I don't think it's just in the from community. I think it's a worldwide thing. I think it's something that is a very, very nowadays world problem that has been massively, massively exacerbated. Yeah, I think that's the word, by technology and social media. We know it existed previously, you know, in the Greeks, and we know that in Mitzrayim, the fact that they they didn't didn't dress like the Mitzrayim was a huge plus. Um, We know that the Greeks were obsessed with, you know, their bodies and the gym and, and, and the Olympics and all of that. So it's not a new problem. Like, this is something that's always been around, and it's not just Jewish focused at all. Um, But there is a huge focus on it in the Jewish community. Um, I don't know why it is, except for the only thing that I can think of is that the only thing people have to go off is what they see. Meaning that except for your close peers, you know, your close friends, your peers, your family, people don't know what's going on behind closed doors, right? People don't know what's going on in your life. They don't know your mental space. They don't know your emotional load. They don't know your your strengths and weaknesses. They don't know about that, right? The only thing they know is what they see. So people want to give off kind of their best impression. We all want everyone to think that we've got everything going good. You know, the world likes to see things through rose um, rose tinted spectacles. Like we like to think everyone, everything is good. And I think that we also try and put that message across. We like to relay that everything's okay and everything is good. And a put together person 
kind of gives that impression, doesn't it? So when you're well-dressed and your children are well-dressed, it gives the impression that you're, you are a well-dressed person, meaning that your home is well-dressed, that your you, things are looked after and things are done, you look organised. Do you know what I mean? You give over the impression of all the positive attributes that one would um, associate with, like, achieving. Um, and obviously, obviously that's not the case. And everyone has areas that they are succeeding in and areas that they are, if not failing in, struggling with, you know, this is human nature. This is real life. Find me someone that has everything together. Like, I don't think you could, it it doesn't exist. Um, but we have this obsession with giving over the impression that everything is, you know, top, top. Um, social media again is a huge huge culprit in it and actually there was another question about divorces and stuff but I'm not answering that because I can't speak to that and I'm not a therapist or anything Um, but I think a huge factor that is just beyond damaging to our children to our relationships to our friends to our lives is this comparing um, culture that we have because everyone is putting out a highlight reel on their, whether it's, you know, their Instagram or on their WhatsApp statuses, you know, you're not posting the kid, the photo of your kids looking grubby and gross. You're posting them looking adorable in their matching Ralph Lauren outfits. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone is trying to give over the best versions of themselves, which isn't inherently bad. We're meant to, you know, put our best foot forward. We're meant to look put together. Um, we, you know, um, what's it called? What's that? oh, there's a story, my brain's gone blank about the rabbi, you know, who like hid in the sand and like came out and washed for for Shabbos, you know, because you're meant to be well put together, you're meant to be dressed. That was a story about um, covered Shabbos, I'm sure. But the message applies that you're meant to be clean and have clean clothes. Um, But we, yeah, we do, we try and give over this impression of perfection. And I think that society, because we are, um, the non-Jewish world especially is so obsessed with weight, then we associate someone who is slim and put together as someone that has their their ducks in a row, which is obviously utterly ridiculous if you think about it. Um, And I think that if anyone ever had to, you know, give an explanation as to why slim is better, they would struggle because it's it's beyond pathetic um, and also nonsensical. There is not an iota of, of... truth to it there is the most phenomenal gymnasts and um, athletes who are plus size and seemingly overweight and like it's mental and then you've got incredibly skinny or slim people who are you know have disorders and have other issues like there is no way that is inherently correct and both sides of the coin are good and both sides of the coin are bad like there is no right answer to that And I think that when, as a community, we start looking at what someone actually is instead of what they are putting out, we're just going to be so much better off for it. We'll be judging people more favorably. We'll be giving people space to actually be who they are instead of just what they look like. Um, And again, this is coming from someone who enjoys fashion. I love clothes. I love dressing, you know, according to the mood I'm in. But I also love wearing my comfies and my pajamas and do you know what I mean and I would hate it if someone was judging me solely based on that um and I just think that as a society we all need to just chill out and realize that looks and your matching kids outfits and your appearance and your weight and everything is such a stuyot and it so doesn't matter as long as you're happy that's all that matters and if you're not happy try and do something about it whichever direction that leads you in do you know what I mean 
the only thing that matters is you being happy, you being healthy, your family being happy, your family being healthy. And that works on every side of the spectrum. It's nothing to do with your looks or your size or your weight or any of it. And wow, that is my TED talk. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Literally, oh, that is a strong topic for me. I just think that we should all be bigger and better at looking at a bigger picture rather than focusing on the minutiae looks. It's not important. But again, as long as you feel good and you're doing what you enjoy, that is important. So I really enjoyed the acne aunt segment. Um, I hope you did as well. And hit me up with any more of your questions or dilemmas, or I'd love to hear some funny stories. I'd love to share some of those because I love hearing them on other podcasts. I have such a giggle. So if you have one, send them in. And thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.